25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the rest right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What up, everybody? What's up on a Wednesday? The show is live. The show is live and it has begun. It's underway. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, and friendly service. People you get to deal with one-on-one. That's part of the reason they are the hometown heroes at Farm Bureau is when you, you know, you have something that all of a sudden there's a pressing need. Fender bender at midnight. You know who to call. You got a cell phone number. Bang. Call them. Get them out of bed. Here they come. That's Farm Bureau. It's the way it ought to be everywhere. It's not, unfortunately, but it's the way it is with Farm Bureau. way it is around here is we're um, in the uh, we're in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. neighborhood beautiful, beautiful day for a neighbor. Would, would you be mine? Could you, you know, Roger, as we play this throughout the summer and the kids are out of school, we got a whole bunch of kids listening to this and never heard it before. <laughs> you realize that? Yeah. They, what do they watch it on TV now? What do they watch? Daniel Tiger or something. Well, oh yeah. Now, when my daughter was small, we watched a lot of Daniel Tiger. That's a great show. It really is a great show all the way around. Uh, how about this um, tweet? A couple of tweets already. On uh, as soon as we started, Roger, two tweets. One from um, VFLNMS, which I assume stands for Vol for Life in Mississippi says, um, I could listen to your intro with Jerry Clower all day long. And then he put, hashtag, knock him out, John. Hashtag, I'll just play football. So he likes that, huh? Look. Well, this is for him. Knock him out, John. <laughs> I love it. Here's the thing, too. Full service radio show. We're, it's just whatever y'all want. We'll play it. Just We're taking requests. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're taking requests for two hours. No, um, I think that the intro to this show is perfection. It's hard to improve on perfection. That's you know that's only one opinion. Not that you've tried. Well, sh- zip it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let it go. Ah, well, you know, hey, I'm a busy guy. Look, man, I got more. What was that thing the other day? I got more pots than I have spoons right now. I don't have enough I'm, spoons. Too many pots. I, I really can't talk. I was doing a show uh, last week, and the intro was so old that it still mentioned the name of a guy who hadn't been on in a year. <laughs> That's great. I just clipped it right out. Then yes, then another. 
I appreciate instead of your rewriting honesty, it and reproducing it, I just clipped him out. No, I appreciate your honesty, but don't ever say anything to me again <laughs> about my intro. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Tyler said, "At least Radio Wyatt shows up to work." Woo! That was shot over the the Chris Brooks bow. <laughs> yeah, I think Chris had some stuff going on today, so we just hope everybody's okay. That's the biggest thing. I, I don't need to do something for the wife. Happy wife. Happy life. Amen, brother. I put on Facebook today that with my I tagged my wife in it and said she already has a she shed. It's four <laughs> it's four bedrooms, three baths, and a two car garage. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. She's hey, in charge of that. Yeah. That's right. She's in charge of it. Look, uh the Divinity Equipment phone is wide open to you. If you're listening to the show, you can let it rip on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Just call me at 601-995-1059. That's the number. It's a 601 area code, 995-1059. You can also text the show at 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. Now, if you can't remember those numbers and you're like, let's just say you're driving down the road right now and you're like, I I can't write those down, and you had a hard time remembering when you get it to a stopping point, on my Twitter feed, there's a graphic there. tweeted out some stuff, and it's got, in that tweet, to preview the show, the numbers are there. Both numbers are there, okay? And I'll try to make sure you know those. So on the text line, real quick, and I want to throw something at you that happened last night. I don't know if y'all saw it, but I want you to hear it. It's pretty entertaining. 100 grand on the text line says, Matt, it's about that time of day. I need my sonic boom. Yesterday I gave you neck. Today I give you coming to America from the JSU sonic boom. As you can tell, um, I kind of have my selects. It's three or four that are my favorite, and I just play them over and over. From, like most people do on their iPod. <laughs> oh, there's a blast from the past. Oh, iPod. iPod, no doubt. Y'all, Roger just said iPod. Uh, what? (laughs) Those fancy kids playing songs on their iPods. (laughs) Ba-da-da, yes. The boot. Here's a uh, text that says, please, Mr. Double Double T, Play some Jerry Clower jokes. We just might do that for you, but first a little more Sonic Boom. Thought they'd never ask. All right, and Mountain Dog is on the Divinity Equipment phone line to start us off today. Mountain Dog, what is up? Matt, I take complete, uh, complete uh, responsibility for Rod saying iPod. Yeah. I was talking to him about us getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's true. We're, listen, you, how weird this man. sounds, though. Listen, hold on, Mountain Dog. Listen to how weird this sounds. We are old enough to remember iPods. I mean, just let Coming that sound. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm older than that, man. I know. I had my whole back seat. I had a case that, that held eight-track tapes. Right. <laughs> That's how about that? quality audio yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You couldn't fit anybody into the back seat because I had that big old case 
you know, with all my eight tracks in it. Hey, listen. Uh, when the funny I was thing a, is, people would actually break in and steal them too. When I was a toddler, so we're talking <laughs> late seventies, early eighties. Uh, you know, mainly late seventies. I'm a little two, three year old kid. My dad had a two door green uh, Grand Prix. Okay, Ooh. was it a Chevrolet Grand Prix? Is it Chevy? Pontiac. Pontiac Grand Prix. The Pontiac. Green two door. Okay, and he had the little radio thing, an eight track deal that's kind of like mounted up under your dash sort of there, you know? Kind of like those aftermarket air conditioning units. Yeah, right, exactly. It's kind of mounted in there. Well, I used to, as a kid, you know, I'd get in there and I'd shove those 8-track tapes in and out and eventually, like, worked it loose. So he took a little Nerf basketball thing of mine. Toddler Matt had this little orange Nerf thing. He wedged it up in there to kind of buffer this thing from shaking and hold it still so that it wouldn't skip when it would play songs, you know? <laughs> and he says that it was, they got a great big kick of every time we got in the car, little toddler Matt was doing everything he could to climb up under there because he knew his basketball was in there, you know? And I was like trying to get it out. <laughs> there we go. Now that's some way back for you right there, Mountain Dog. Funny thing about those, so, man, I, you can I always hear the song on the other side, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you can yeah. hear them up. I don't think I ever had an eight track that like came standard with the car. I always had to put one in. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have the fancy Cadillac. Yeah, crazy. uh so I have to tell you this, uh, Matt, you being from Tupelo and every or living in Tupelo. I had my first neon pig burger the other day. Mm-hmm. And man, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Yep, it's the real deal, man. No doubt it. That is some fine stuff right there, buddy. So my, I'm going to get to sports here in a minute. Um, so my question is, have uh, I need to get your YouTube handle so I can start watching. Hey. I watched one one time, and then I lost it. Okay, well, listen, I appreciate you asking that because I, I literally overnight, because yesterday I posted the film study with some stuff from Errol Thompson, the middle linebacker at state. And I thought last night, you know, I thought right. I don't I don't really promote it on the radio show much. I maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I couldn't think. What should I do? And then here you are asking the question, so you made it seamless. But um just go to you you know youtube.com slash Matt Wyatt Media. Or even if you were to just search my name, you'll see it. And the logo for that YouTube channel or the, the icon, is exactly the same as my Twitter feed. So you'll kind of know that that's the little red thing with okay. the, the, the picture on it. So yeah, yeah. if you'll find it there. It's you know it's got it, and, and, and I just appreciate it if you subscribe. And here's the thing, too. Okay, so we're talking about being old, Mountain Dog. And Roger, and everybody my age, Roger's age, Mountain Dog's age, listen up. There is a ton of good educational, informational content on YouTube. And those of us that are on up there, we maybe don't access YouTube as much. But I'm telling you, just like though you can learn anything you want to do, little things around the house. You need a tip on putting down some flooring in your house. You can get a tutorial free on YouTube. It's just all there. But in the sports world, too, there's starting to be more and more good content also. And so, yeah, try that. Start with my channel. <laughs> And uh, I think you'll like it. I appreciate you asking, Mountain Dog. Thank you. So let, let me let me tell you one thing. The, the the biggest memory I have of Mississippi State football is 
I was watching you guys versus Alabama at Alabama. Mm. It was cold, and I remember you threw a pass across the middle, and I can't remember who the tight end was, but he was wide open. That was Reggie Kelly. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Reggie Kelly, that was it. That's yeah. Reggie now, Kelly. And mm-hmm. an old, an old big, big, fat Freddie Kitchen. Uh, yeah, Freddie was Alabama's quarterback that day, and now he's the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. You know, um, I know man. that was in 1997, okay? And um, it's interesting. I have a historical nugget in this particular radio show that goes back to 97 because this is the day in 1997 that Mark McGuire was traded from the Oakland A's to the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll get to that later. But anyway, you're talking about a game in 97, and that was my sophomore year, and J.J. Johnson was our – our our leader, our best player on offense, you know, our running back. Of course, we had a great left tackle in Robert Hicks, who was a high draft pick and played in the NFL for a bunch of years. Um, and we ran the ball all over, and we threw it pretty successfully. With a decent quarterback, we'd have had three or four touchdown passes that day. We finished with only one. <laughs> but that, yeah, Reggie Kelly. Did it, did it, was it as cold as it looked like it was? I was living in North Carolina at the time, and yeah, it, was, it looked like it was cold that day. It was not the coldest game I've ever played, but it was one of them. I mean, it was it was pretty chilly. Everybody's pretty wrapped up, you know. Reggie Kelly was from Aberdeen, Mississippi, and he was one of those kids who he played quarterback at Aberdeen High School, but he was six foot five and about two hundred and thirty pounds. So they made him as a, a tight end when he got to Mississippi State. Well, he was good enough. He didn't redshirt. And so the 98 season, the SEC West Championship team was his senior year. Reggie got drafted in the third round by the Falcons, and he wound up playing in the that NFL. Right, yep. He played in the NFL for 13 seasons, I think it was, and a lot of that with the Bengals, too. And if you want to – we're talking about YouTube. If you want to have some fun, go back and look up on YouTube when the Bengals were featured on Hard Knocks, um, uh-huh. the, the HBO show. Because Reggie is very prominent in that show because he was a leader on the Bengals team. And in the middle, in the early part of training camp that year, he tore his Achilles. And the whole team was just kind of shocked by it. And it really kind of chronicles what he went through. So you might enjoy watching that since you saw him play in college. I'll check that out, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Freddie Kitchens, it looked like. It looks like the diet never took with Freddie. <laughs> yeah, know. I guess so. You know, and, Re- and he was just a bigger guy even in college, you know, as you said. And I, I don't know all the details, but I know that Freddie, after his playing career at Alabama, he got into coaching, obviously, and he was in college at first. And he was on Sylvester Croom's staff at Mississippi State for a few years. Then he wound up. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. yes. Then he jumped to the NFL as an assistant for Bruce Arians. One thing led to another uh, there in Arizona. Then he's in Cleveland. Uh, but somewhere along the way, and I think Freddie's weight might have been part of it, but he started to have some health issues. And it kind of got one of those things of, hey, man, listen, there's some things you're going to have to do different or you're going to die young. And I think he's, you know, he's still a big guy, but I think he's um, kind of headed off some of the health issues, thank goodness. But he's a great guy. He really is. He's one of those who, you know, I'm going to pull for him wherever he's coaching. All right, let me get off memory right. lane so you won't start losing listeners, man. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Mountain Dog. Thanks. Call anytime. Um, we'll stay on the Divinity Equipment phone. Warren in Ridgeland. Hey, Warren, what's up? 
Hey, uh, I just wanted to ask if you could do one favor for me and ask your sound engineer yep. to play that song from the 80s called Supersonic. Supersonic. And we're going to dedicate that to the... Yeah, we're going to dedicate that to the Oregon Ducks when they play Harvard. Okay, why is it dedicated to Oregon? Just because Supersonic was like the uh, Seattle Supersonics? Yeah. yeah, and then they're quick out there. No okay. Defense, <laughs> <but they> can... <laughs> you remember the song, right? Yeah, a little bit. I'm going to need a reminder when we hear it, but we'll see what we can do, Warren. Thank Not you. the one by J.J. Fad. I don't know. I don't I, know. It sounds about right. Yeah, I, I don't know who did it. I was like 30-something back then. I'm 67 now, but this is one of my favorite songs. Behind the turntables is DJ Train. Missing and scratching is the name of the game. Now here's a little something about nosy people. <laughs> is that it, Roger? I think that sounds got... like it, but, but I'm going to make sure this is clean. <laughs> okay, yeah, you better check out everything first. All right, Warren, we'll look into it, man. Thank you. Supersonic. We're going to look up Supersonic, the song. All right, cool. Roger. Yes, sir. I don't normally come in here and, like, throw some baseball story at you about Major League Baseball, unless it's selfish and it's about the Braves, okay? I don't normally do it. But last night, I wasn't even watching this game. I just saw clips of it on Twitter this morning when I got up. The Reds, the Cincinnati Reds, were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, that's division rivals, okay. And, and yeah, I sometimes wonder about rivalries, air quotes, in pro sports. Because, you know, I mean, you do have them. I mean, the Cowboys always want to beat the Eagles. And the Eagles always want to beat the Cowboys. I mean, I would get it. And the Yankees and the Red Sox, I get it. Because, you know, it's a fan base thing. But the players on the teams are, they're pros. They're getting traded in there. Some players only been there a year or two. It's like, what does this rivalry, none of them are from those areas. Like, what does this rivalry actually mean to the players? You know, you can't help but look at it that way. That said, this was, this was a rivalry type brawl, okay? It's the two teams at the bottom of the National League Central. They are not playing for a division. It's a pretty close division, but they're not playing for the division. They're at the bottom. The Reds are in next to last place, and the Pirates are in last place in the NL Central. So I don't know what got them all hot and bothered, but this happened during the game. Amir Garrett, the pitcher for the Reds, is standing on the mound, and he just turns and sprints as fast as he can sprint directly toward the opposing dugout. And when he got there, about 10 Pittsburgh Pirates met him, and he was throwing haymakers at all. He took on the whole team by himself. And here comes Amir Garrett. He's leaving the mound. He wants a piece of somebody. Amir Garrett takes a swing and gets a punch. The Pirates bench is emptied. Amir Garrett went thrown. flying, and they are hitting each other punches all over the place. This, this is not This usually. is a real fight. Derek Dietrich involved. There are punches being thrown. Somebody got a haymaker from Amir Garrett. Chris Archer being held back. Kyle Crick wants a piece of someone. Oh, now we got Puig taking. Puig wants Crick, but Crick wants nothing to do with him. Kyle Crick wants nothing to do with Puig, and who can blame him? And now the scrum continues in front of the Pirate dugout. This is a real Donnybrook. Man, they did that more often than I'd watch. I know it. I knew you were going to say that. 
frankly, and I knew <laughs> others were going to say that as well. Now, I got that highlight directly from ESPN uh, on their online thing, and and now I'm flipping through, and doggone it, I can't. I want to credit who. Um, I wanted to credit who the announcers were, but I can't find their names. Anyway, Roger. How so they have these fights that nobody ever has any wounds to show for it. Well, that's the thing. Okay. So the video, and even in slow-mo, there are these massive punches being thrown, but very few are being landed. Buddy like of mine. Ra- roundhouse type stuff? Yes. Well, those are the worst kind. They're not very powerful. Yeah. Oh, yes, you and go. you're always getting it's getting deflected. You can see it yeah. coming, right? A buddy of mine I used to do a radio show with, Ben Dean. Uh, we were talking about it on Twitter this morning, and I said, yeah, it's like a Hollywood Western, a lot of shooting, but nobody's getting hit. <laughs> and he said, you know, how can a guy stand 60 feet, 6 inches away from the plate, throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball with pinpoint accuracy, but he can't land one punch? <laughs> it is true. But not his, not his skill set. But here's the thing. Again, if you could have seen it, you've seen fights. You've seen Robin Ventura charge the mound against Nolan Ryan. You've seen benches clear and they meet each other out in the middle of the diamond. I don't know that you have ever seen a pitcher on the mound take off running full speed directly towards the opposing dugout where all the other team, where they are, Right into the hornet's nest. He ran right into the hornet's nest, full speed, and dove in there head first, taking <laughs> on as many of them as he could. Did he get any backup coming? Yes. His teammates oh, came. A bunch of them got kicked out. And one of the Reds players who's been in other altercations, the Reds traded him. He's gone. He was on the Reds yesterday, and now he's a member of the Indians. <laughs> I've never seen a pitcher do that before. It was incredible. When, your favorite player. Hey, when and when not to get a tattoo on your rear end? Sports related. Coming up. Stick around. All right, so I hate to make promises not come through, but right now it looks like everything's coming together that if everything goes according to plan, (laughs) how about all those qualifiers, then um, we'll have a little Jerry Clower for you coming up in the show later. Also, if everything goes according to plan, tomorrow on Thursday on this show, we will chat with Deuce McAllister. He is in the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. Number 26 for the New Orleans Saints. Running back and a, a former All-American at Ole Miss, a Mississippi native. He's now the color analyst for Saints games on the radio. They're in the middle of camp. Saints locked up their number one receiver, Michael Thomas. Big old $100 million contract for Michael Thomas. That news came out this morning. He's going to be a saint for a long time. Drew Brees, number one target. They've got him locked up. Highest paid contract ever for a wide receiver. And on and on. More on that in a bit as well. That's kind of some of your news here. All right, listen. 
far be it from me to ever come on this show and preach to you what you should or shouldn't do. It's your life, okay? YOLO. <laughs> you only live once. That's what that stands for, Roger. Did you know that? YOLO. We don't have to put it together. <clears throat> yep, YOLO. Go out and start saying it and you know, do like I do, and then young people will laugh at you when you say it. <laughs> I got I M H O. Was that uh, in my humble opinion? Yeah, Adam boy. All right. Uh, so anyway, this is what I'm saying. It's your life. Do what you want with it. However, I'm just I'm going to tell you something that's not a good idea. And instead of me just, you know, rhetorically giving you a something to avoid, I'm going to give you a specific example. Let's go back to last football season in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell did not play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was supposed to, but he didn't. Contract stuff, they eventually cut him loose. Now he is a member of the New York Jets. It'll be the first time he's on the field in two years because he signed a $52 million deal to play for the Jets for the next four years. But let's go back to last year. He didn't play. What does that mean? Coming into the year, expected to be and he is one of the top running backs. If not, I mean, it's he and Zeke Elliott going into last year, and he didn't play. Well, as you know, a whole bunch of y'all play fantasy sports. <laughs> I know where you're going now. So there's a lot of people, a lot of people, Roger, who had Le'Veon Bell on their fantasy team when they had their fantasy team draft. And as it turned out, he didn't even play a down of football. Three-time Pro Bowler, all this kind of stuff. So, a lot of people's fantasy teams took a big hit. For some, now again, it's your life, do what you want. There are consequences for decisions you make. A lot of people lost money off this. I didn't lose any money because I didn't bet any on it. A lot of people did lose money because of this thing. So, the last couple of days... The three-time Pro Bowler posted an apology to fantasy owners who drafted him last season, <laughs> only to ultimately just away the pick. All right? So this was the tweet from Le'Veon Bell. It shows him running the ball at Jets camp. He says, this is long overdue, but I want to take a moment to apologize to all the fantasy owners who picked me last year. I'm sorry I couldn't pull through for y'all, but trust me, this year's about to be way different. I'm bringing the, and there's two trophy emojis this year, and then followed by two devil emojis. Little purple devils. <laughs> All right. Um, What's that mean, anyway? I don't even know. that emoji. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. If you go back to two years ago, uh, he had 406 touches of the football for the Steelers in 2017. That was ranked number 12. He, he was no, the number 12 fantasy running back going into last year. Didn't play. So he posted the apology and got a ton of responses from fans, including this one from someone named Brett Falk, F-A-U-L-K, some guy who has... <laughs> 
481 followers on Twitter who responded to him with a picture. Roger, the picture is of Brett, this random fan, with his underwear pulled down, revealing a portion of his right butt cheek with a tattoo from his fantasy league buddies this past year (laughs) with the caption, I think you owe me more than an apology, bro. (laughs) (laughs) He had to get it. That was probably the bet, right? The bet was the loser. And he put the hashtag, hashtag, First pick. <laughs> so this what was guy, the tattoo of? What was right, the tattoo? Here's can the you, tattoo. Can you talk about it? Yeah, I'm going to tell you what it is, all right? And and apparently the, his buddies took the picture when it was freshly tatted on his butt because the skin's oh. kind of red and irritated. <laughs> Greasy looking. <laughs> yes, and it says, it's a picture of a football. It's a tattoo of a football in the middle of the football, uh, 2018, and the caption on top and beneath the tattoo says, Best Buds Fantasy Football Loser. <laughs> so his bet, this guy's bet on his fantasy team last year was if you finish last, the, the last place finisher in this thing has to get our league logo tattooed on his rear end. This guy then picks Le'Veon Bell with his first pick. Bell takes not one single snap all year long. This guy finishes last. <laughs> and here we are almost a year later. Well, a year later. And Le'Veon Bell tweets an apology, and this guy responds with, I think you owe me more than an apology, bro. <laughs> and a picture of his butt cheek with we a tattoo. two tattoo stories this week. <laughs> Did you did you, caught, did you catch that other one where the guy no. had the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers logo? No, I didn't see that. What is it? What's the player's name? A Juju. Uh, uh yeah, Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, he 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 said that he he autographed it and he said he would uh, give him season tickets if he would get that autograph tattooed oh, in. Oh, really? And he he has the season tickets. It's season. Well, how about that? That's cool. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment, your Kubota dealer right here at home, Madison and in Jackson. The Divinity phone has Gator Man. What's up, Gator Man? What's up, Matt? Hey, I was going to tell you that uh, that's apparently the new thing now. I've been playing fantasy since you had to use the, uh, a notebook pad and a box score in the newspaper. Uh. But apparently now the new deal is you not only get a prize if you're the winner, you have a prize of shame if you're the loser. Yeah, a lot of people do that now. So if you come in last place, you have to like do something weird. You yeah. know the guys at Jocks, the the round table. I know you listen to that yes. show. You have those guys on your show sometimes. Yeah. They do a when they do their bracket challenge. They, the person that comes in last place out of those three guys has to do uh, something like a like a shame deal. Oh, and, really? uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Brown. Yeah, Brown was the loser last year, and he had to go to this uh, the smallest town in America or something. It's like somewhere in North Dakota or something, and he had to spend the night. So, wow, that's uh, great. That's getting yeah, getting popular in fantasy football. Good as well. stuff. Good call, Gator man. I appreciate the info. Right, Th- thank you. Call me anytime. But, uh, but uh, I mean, booby prize. 
don't. Booty why party. does the loser prize have to be something permanent? Like I would never agree to that. Hardcore. That's hardcore right there. Hey, we're gonna play some Jerry Clower next. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. You have a phone that's a little banged up, roughed up, cracked, stepped on it, dropped it in the toilet, whatever. It's a little banged up, but you want to keep it. You just need a repair. Well, take it into C Spire. They can repair it for you. Most times, they can fix it while you wait right there in a one-hour repair center. Certified phone repair centers at C Spire locations around the state. From Brandon to Tupelo and all points in between, just pop in and get it fixed. There is your reminder. I've been known, well, I say it known, I have a, it's not a habit. It's just strictly, it's like, what happens when you live with a scattered brain? You know, you have the, the full-on attention deficit deal. And that is, it's easy to get distracted or get off on other paths and forget that I've teased something on the show. Like, I've had times I'll say, hey, coming up, maybe we're going to do this. It's like yesterday, I had Jamie Arrington on here from um, To The Top Talk podcast, big Southern Miss fan and former Southern Miss mascot. But we talked about his comedy event with Frank Caliendo coming to Hattiesburg on Friday. But I told you I was also going to chat a little Southern Miss football with him. I didn't ask him one single football question the whole time. (laughs) So when I do that, when I tell you something's coming and then it never comes up, you are probably justified in calling me a liar. You, sir, are a liar. Because I've said something and then not (laughs) followed through. Why a liar, your pants... Thank you, Al. That was awesome. Mr. Pacino. Yeah, I know. But but we're going to come through this time. We're coming through. Told you that just strictly out of a, from a request earlier in the show, somebody texted in and wanted to hear some, um, some Jerry Clower. It's an unnamed texter, but he calls me Mr. Double Double T because of Matt and then Wyatt. He said, play some Jerry Clower. So I don't know your name, but here it is. If you listen to this show, you'll hear the intro at the beginning of each hour, and you'll hear that little snippet of, I'll just play football. This is what it's from, Jerry Clower, talking about playing college ball himself. My first big-time game was against Alabama in the Southeastern Conference. Well, my first big-time game was the first one I played in against Tennessee up at Knoxville. But the one I remember the most, we played Alabama my last year at Mississippi State, and they broke out a sophomore running back named Chio Daddy or Duo Duty, one of the two. As a runningest fella I've ever seen in my life, he'd stop and start and belly back and slither and 
double back, and oh, he could run. One time he has gone for a touchdown, and he just turned around and run back through us just to humiliate us. I was playing left defensive tackle. You put your best lineman there. Well, back in them days, most of your football team run to the right. And they put your best lineman right there. Well, Butch Avenger, quarterback for Alabama, took the football and took one step and quick pitch to T.O. Duty. Here he come around my side. I busted through, knocked a guard named Holnack down. Stomped him, got old Chio Duty around the waist. Oh, I knew I had him for a loss because on that Mississippi State side, I could hear them cowbells ringing. And just as I went to sling him to the ground, he slithered. Went straight up in the air like you squeeze a watermelon seed. I fell to the ground on my belly. And Chio Didi come down in my back and just done a little dance all over the top of me. Jumped off of me and commenced to running. I'm laying there on my belly beating the ground with my fist, squalling. My teammate dog Owen said, Jerry, get up and chase him. I said, lay still. He'll be back by here in a minute. <laughs> boy, Jerry. Hmm. <laughs> That's great. There you go. See, we aim to please around here. You ask me for the sonic boom, we play it. You want a little Jerry Clower? You got it. I was, I've was. i had several people over the years, not recently, Roger, but, but just every so often someone would say, you know, you really ought to play that comedy routine from Andy Griffith. Oh, yeah. Uh, what it was was football, you know? Let's do it. Let's do it. We I might got it. I know you have it. We might do a little more Jerry Clower in the second hour today, and then tomorrow we'll play the Andy Griffith thing. How about that? Here's your tease. Well, how am I going to go to college? <laughs> I'll just play football. <laughs> that sounds familiar, doesn't it? All right, so that's coming up. Hey, I mentioned this earlier, Roger. Um, on this day in history, on this day in 1997, Cardinals fans, a day that that St. Louis Cardinals fans will forever remember and cherish. You know, on this day in history, on this day in sports, I will admit something, though, Roger, just for fun. When I sent the tweet out earlier today, I teased this by saying, on this day in steroids. (laughs) (laughs) This is the day in 1997... When the Oakland A's traded Mark McGuire to the St. Louis Cardinals. They, let's see. Do we even know who he was traded for? Nobody knows who, who he was traded I don't know. It was like four players. Anyway, it's considered, it, it actually is considered one of if not the worst trade of all time. And it's your Oakland A's that traded away Mark McGuire 
for three pitchers. The Cardinals sent three pitchers to Oakland. Minor league pitchers. Eric Ludwig, Blake Stein, and TJ Matthews. I think Matthews was the only one of the three that ever threw a pitch in a major league game. (laughs) The Cardinals pulled one over on the A's, man. They got Mark McGuire, this big, juiced-up power hitter who the entire country was in love with, this guy. And, and, I mean, if you were aware or alive during that era, you remember what I'm talking about. He and Sammy Sosa, Cubs and Cardinals, and, yeah, they were all juiced up. But you turn on the game and you just knew at some point this big muscle-bound dude's going to send one out of here. He would have these real easy swing line drive home runs over the left field wall. And when I say line drive, I'm talking the ball wouldn't get 20 feet off the ground. And it'd sail out of there at 365 or 380. It was, And y'all remember what it was like for the Cardinals. And, of course, he broke the record and later Bonds broke the record and all this stuff. Now he's a hitting coach. Later on, the whole kind of disappearance, you know, retiring from the game and substance that I don't know if it was necessarily like a some anabolic steroid, but it was something that was linked back to him. And it is what it is sort of thing. I don't think Mark McGuire, all that different from a Roger Clemens. The difference was Roger Clemens got sure enough caught and then sure enough lied about it. Right in front of Congress and everybody. If you ever want to watch some video of what it looks like, what the quintessential facial expressions and habits of a person who is lying looks like, just watch Roger Clemens when he testified. <laughs> it's like it was so <laughs> obvious. And he knew. And so, like, it's not a whole lot of difference other than America loved Mark McGuire. Big Mac. Big Mac. With all those home runs, still only a 263. 263 lifetime hitter? Yeah. And so that was the trade in 97. In his first season with the Cardinals, he broke Roger Maris's home run record. He hit 70 that year, 98. And it was huge. You know, you're talking about 1998. It was only four years after you'd had this strike, Major League Baseball strike in 1994. And like half the fan base across America just quit. They were, when they when they went on strike in '94, I know it sounds like exaggerating, but about half of the Major League Baseball fans out there went, "Forget y'all," and a lot of them never even came back. It was rough there for a few years, but man, again, these big muscle bound guys, McGuire and Sosa, belting home runs, and yeah, Bonds is in there too. And it brought every the constant barrage of home runs and the home run chase from these guys brought people back to baseball in 1998. Sure did. In 99, he hit 65. And the guys who were traded for him, I mean, again, nobody even, does anybody know where they are? They certainly never made a splash. I wonder if part of his, you know, advice, you know, he's a hitting coach, <laughs> what you really need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Take some of this Andrew Dion or whatever that stuff Andrist- is. Andristine Dion, whatever Very the heck. Good, man. Um, Babe Ruth, that's the worst trade ever. 
Mark McGuire, mm. right up there with him. All right, hour one in the books, hour two coming up. We'll talk with Matt Stinchcomb, former number one draft pick. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.